Warning, this podcast may contain adult content or adult language. This is not the family-friendly YouTuber you're used to. Listener discretion is advised. What is up, my clan? Clintus McGintis here, and welcome to the first official episode of Riffing with Clintus, my podcast about all things that I want to talk about. A lot of people ask me what the podcast was going to be about, and as I said in my intro, it's basically a place for me to dump all the other thoughts that don't fit on YouTube or on Twitch or on Twitter or Instagram or that stuff. This is a place for just me and occasionally a friend or family member, as you'll hear in the future episodes, specifically the next episode. I've already recorded. I already recorded episode two before I recorded episode one. Ironic, I know, but timing is everything. So this is the first episode and I finally figured out what I wanted to do for the first episode. I actually recorded this episode, I don't know, three or four times because I didn't, I didn't like the final product. I felt like I missed certain points. I feel like I, uh, didn't do it. Didn't do the good enough job to post it, to make it live. Um, and so that's why once again, procrastination kicks in and, uh, takes over. It takes the wheel. Procrastination takes the wheel. Yeah. I like that. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that. Coin that. Quote it. Uh, yeah. So the first episode is the is going to be the origin story. This is this is this is how I got my start. This is where I came from because I get those questions a lot. And and if you're from the YouTube world, you, you know the draw my life was a thing many years ago, right? YouTubers were drawing their life on a whiteboard and kind of explaining you know, their upbringing, their, how they got to where they're going to be. I never did one of those because I don't like drawing. Uh, so this is kind of like, kind of like the speak my life, talk, talk my life. I don't know. Podcast my life. There we go. I'm going to coin that term. Yeah. I'm making stuff up. So I thought that I would take that, take the moment, take this first episode to kind of lay down the foundation, right? Get all the unanswered questions out get it on the table. And then, you know, we'll go from there. We'll build upon that foundation. So I just had my birthday. I'm 37 years old, born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm a native, which is rare. Uh, when I went to college, there weren't too many people that were native to Arizona. They, Arizona is one of those states that people move into because of the amazing weather most of the year, most of the time. And, uh, I always say that our natural disaster is our extreme heat in the summertime, which is only only really three months of the year, right? Fourth and fifth month are very tolerable. And then the rest of the year is amazing. We have what's called snowbirds. People actually come here from other parts of the, the, the country and sometimes even the world uh, because our, our winters are so amazing here. Um, and so, yeah, snowbirds, that's a thing. Uh, I'm the oldest of three boys. I have two younger brothers, um, and uh, I love my brothers. My brothers are probably my favorite people to be around in the world, next to my dad. And I say my dad specifically just because um, the, the four of us, just we share this sense of humor, this vulgar, dirty, um, childish humor that uh, really stems from my dad, but my middle brother, Austin, uh, really like latched onto that and still holds on to it to this day. He is the one who still laughs when somebody farts. When he has to fart, he makes a point that everyone knows that he farted 
and that you should laugh at it. <laughs> and so uh, there's just something about my brothers and my dad that when we get together, whether it's all four of us or you know three of us or two of us, uh, it is always a good time. And I always look forward to it. And it always bums me out that we can't spend more time with each other because we're all on different schedules. And we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. But I am the oldest. And uh, I think that a lot of who I am comes from me being the oldest. I was the firstborn, so I had all of my parents' attention. And then when brother number one came along, my the attention got split, right? And it's natural. And especially in the early, the early, the first year, right? More attention goes to the baby. And then baby number two comes and the attention gets split yet again. And I think that my my like uh attention seeking, attention grabbing that I that I kind of have ingrained in me comes from that seeking attention from my parents. I really do. I think I'm not a psychologist. I've never really spoken to a a psychologist, but when I try to self-analyze myself, I feel like that's where it comes from. I've always been seeking that attention from somebody. I don't know. Sounds good. I'll just, I'll I'll go, I'll go with that. Uh, My dad was a truck driver was, was pretty much my entire life. Uh, He owned his own business when I was first born and uh, was doing very well for himself in a trucking company. Uh, They built a new home when uh, my third, my second brother was born. That was the house that we were in. Um, But unfortunately, you know, things happen, life happens, business didn't work out and um, they kind of had to hit the reset button. And because of that reset button, we moved a lot. We were not able to uh, stay in one place for very long. And um, because of that, I was susceptible to change. Um, In the early years, every year we would move. Every year we were in a new house. Thankfully, my parents were um, savvy and smart enough to keep us in the same school. Uh, so I went to the same school from like kindergarten to third grade. And then we moved into a place that we were able to stay in for a few years. And I was able to stay in one school from fourth, fifth and sixth. Now, because of this, uh, this constant moving, um, I never really, you know, grew roots. I never really had, um, long-term friends. Um, I had uh, my best friend from like first grade to third grade, and then when we moved, I had a new best friend from fourth grade to sixth grade. And, you know, I just kind of had that one friend. I was friends with the, with most people. I'm, a, you know, a friendly guy. I'm a nice guy. I try to make friends wherever I go. Um, but I always had just that kind of that one best friend. And then when we moved again, this was the kind of the final move. Um, we moved in with my aunt, my dad's, my dad's sister, uh, to save up for a house, right? My parents, uh, you know, back on their feet. The things were going, going well. It was time to, you know buy a new home and settle down. And so, uh, for about six, seven months, we lived with my, my aunt, my cousins. And, uh, uh, I learned a lot in that six months. Let me tell you that I was in seventh grade and, uh, this is when I had my first kiss and my first real girlfriend. I had girlfriends in elementary school, but this was the first real girlfriend, right? Got my first kiss. Uh, her name was Jessica just for the record. Uh, cause I know someone's going to ask, someone's going to ask, you remember her first kiss? Yep. I remember it was in a parking lot behind a car cause we didn't want to kiss in front of our friends. It was super stupid and lame, but magical. Uh, I learned, uh, what a cigarette smelt like. I learned what marijuana smelt like. Um, and I learned that I overthought, uh, as I usually do, I overthought things and a girl that I was really excited about going out with, uh, broke up me, uh, two days later because I was a pansy and, uh, didn't know how to act. 
and with a girl. I was so like scared to wa- hold her hand walking around school. Like, I don't want anybody to know we're girlfriend and boyfriend. And she's like, you're an idiot. And yeah. So, um, yeah. So seventh grade, that, that six months was, was, uh, was opening. That's when I really learned a lot really fast. And, um, yeah, I'm, some memories in there, but, uh, it was short. Like I said, six, seven months, we moved, we purchased a house and we planted and we grew some roots because that was the last house that I lived in with my parents. And that is where the rest of the story takes place. Uh, seventh grade, middle school, eighth grade, going to high school. And the transition between eighth and, and ninth grade, that summer there is when I probably uh, was at my lowest point in my friendships, so to speak. Um, just the people I was hanging out with, bad crowd, doing stupid things, uh, got into some trouble. Uh, not too bad, nothing horrible, but, you know, bad enough, bad enough that I look back on going, what an idiot. You'll, you guys will hear as I as I talk on, I, I'll refer to myself as an idiot quite frequently because um, I don't know. I just like that's like my favorite term to use. I'm an idiot. I know. Um, fast forward a few more years later, you know, I got a new best friend, but we're not like besties because we don't live on the same block. It's not very convenient. I'm a I'm a I'm a guy of convenience, right? If it's convenient for you and I to be a friend, then we're gonna be friends, right? But if it's inconvenience, then I love you, but you know, it's an inconvenience. Um, junior year, uh, I am working at a Mexican food restaurant with my mom. Not the same location, but different different location. Uh, making money, enjoying you know working and and the social aspects of being at, at at a job. Kind of the same reason why I liked going to school. I didn't really care about school school work, um, but I enjoyed going to school because I got to talk and hang out with people and socialize. That's that's really what it comes down to. I just like socializing, I like talking to people, right? <laughs> hence why hence why I make YouTube videos and I talk a lot on stream live and I talk for. 10 hours, 12 hours a day. I like talking and now I'm making a podcast where I get to talk more. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm working, doing a job. Uh, you know, I've had a couple girlfriends, nothing serious again. You know, I'm a pansy. I don't know. I don't know what, how to act around girls. Um, I've kissed girls. I've done things with girls, but you know, I don't know what I'm doing. And, uh, one night it's a Tuesday. I'm working and these two lovely ladies come walking in the door with their dad. They clearly have just come back from um, a volleyball game. They got their uniforms on their spandex and um, they come walking into the restaurant. I seat them. They're very good looking girls, obviously sisters. One's older, one's younger. And, uh, you know, the younger one's cute. I recognize her. I'm like, yeah, I recognize her from school. They go to my school. They're obviously wearing the uniforms from the school. Um, you know, she's, she's cute. She's, I look at her, she smiles like, huh, you know, whatever. Two days later, a Thursday, they come back, except this time it's with, uh, her sister's boyfriend. Same thing though. Uniforms, spandex, volleyball, you know, that sort of thing. I see them. And once again, every time I'm looking in that girl's direction, she's looking at me, she's smiling, you know, the eye contact's made. I feel the sparks. I feel the connection. I'm like, you know what? I know where that girl hangs out. I am going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take a step out. I'm going to, I'm going to take a leap of faith here and uh, I'm going to try to introduce myself. So Friday, I go and sit down next to my buddies who happen to be the boyfriends of her best friends. And here come the three ladies walking up and she just turns bright red. She's like, 
I can just think in her head, like, oh my gosh, it's the guy from the restaurant. Oh my gosh. How does he know? How did he know I was this? You know, I could just see it on her face. So I walk up, introduce myself. How you doing? I'm Clint. And she's like, hi, I'm Tiffany. And it's a nice to meet you. And da, 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 da. And what are you doing tonight? Would you like to watch a movie? And so I brought over Titanic, double VHS, ladies and gentlemen. I know, I know, dating myself there, VHS, <laughs> lol, physical tape media that you have to rewind and swap tapes. It's funny. But that was our Friday night. That was our, our first little time together. I sat on the floor. She sat on her bed. We watched Titanic and that was it. I left. The next day, Saturday, I ride my bike two and a half miles to her house and hang out with her for the day. We watch MTV music videos back when MTV actually played music videos. It was the best. It was the best of times. And we ordered pizza and I pretty much hung out all day. I think, I don't know what time I left, but it was nighttime. It was dark because uh, I, you know, her dad, her, I don't think her dad or mom was like, I'll take you home. I was like, no, it's fine. That's good. I don't live that far away. And, you know, whatever. But that night, as I was saying my goodbyes, I went in for the kiss. And that was September 12th. So that was the day we decided that, oh, we're, we're a thing now. We're going out. We're going steady. We're boyfriend and girlfriend. And that was our anniversary day. It was the day I kissed her. So that's the start. That's the beginning there. We'll, get, we'll, we'll talk more about Tiffany when Tiffany's actually on the podcast. But that's, that's basically how we met. You know, there's the origin story of the relationship. And uh, like I said, I was a junior. Uh, Tiffany was a sophomore. So, you know, mid, mid, middle of high school. And um, we proceeded to be together uh, all through high school and into college where I, uh, when I was 19, I, uh, well, actually when I was 18, I started going to college. I went to uh, a little private college here in, uh, in Phoenix called the university of advancing technology or UAT. Uh, at the time it was called UACT. They changed the name while I was attending. Um, and my sophomore year when I was 19, um, I started serving and waiting tables. And that's when you make your real good money. Uh, I highly recommend kids when you're in college um, or fresh out of high school trying to figure out what you're doing. Uh, when you turn 19 years old, at least here in, Ari in, in Arizona, I don't know what other states are, but when you're able to, when you're legally able to serve alcohol, uh, waiting tables and or bartending is probably one of the best jobs you can get uh, when you're when you're young, when you're single, when you've got flexible hours, you're looking for flexible hours uh, because you can pick up shifts, you can give up shifts and you can pick up and you can make really good money in a short amount of time, right? Four five, six hours, make a hundred bucks or more. It's awesome. However, I will tell you this, in my opinion, um, it shouldn't be a long-term, it shouldn't be, a, it shouldn't be a career. That's just my opinion. I know there's people out there that are lifers out there and that's fine. Just my opinion. I feel like it is a, uh, it's a stepping stone to something bigger and better. The problem is, that you make really good money in a short amount of time, like I said. And so it's hard to walk away from that, especially when you graduate college or you get certified in whatever it is that you are going to school for and you're like all excited and then you go to this job and you're like, wow, I'm working twice as many hours, making half as much money, this is bullshit. And you decide to go back to being a server or bartender, right? And you get stuck there because you're like, I can't I can't leave this money. I can't, it's, I go to work, I come home with money. It's great, like no other job does that. And so- just a word of just a word of caution. Go into that job knowing that it's temporary. Just go in, have a couple of years making good money, save money, get yourself through college, get yourself trained, and then know that wherever you go next will be better in the long term. Right? Careers are marathons. You don't go walking into a most of the time. You don't go walking into a job making you know 
insane money on day one, right? You have to build up to it. Um, the thing with a serving job and a bartending job is it doesn't, you, you can't make any more money than you're making today, right? Inflation goes up, drink prices go up, menu prices go up. So yeah, sure. 18, 20, 20% goes up technically, but so do all your bills. So it, you, people tip 18 to 20%, right? Like that's what you tip when you go to a restaurant, right? So that's all you're ever going to make. Now the best bartenders and the best servers can make more money because they're the best, right? Like I have family members that, um, affect my whole, my whole family at some point has worked in a restaurant or a bar. Um, and some still do. And like I said, I loved it. I, I, I have memories, very great memories of being a bartender and a server and being in the, um, you know, service industry. I, I loved it. Uh, so I'm not knocking it at all. It's just hard because the best money is made on nights and weekends. Why? Because the rest of the world are off. They work their nine to five and then they go to happy hour. They go to dinner. They go out for parties and events and, and celebrations, right? So that service industry is servicing them. That's where they make their money, which means you can't do that same thing, right? Because you're working. There's been many, many, many weekends uh, when Tiffany and I worked restaurants where we could never go to parties. We could never uh, you know, go to these events because they are on Friday and Saturdays and that's when we go and make our money. It's hard to say, oh yeah, sure. I'll go to that party and not make my $200 tonight, you know, or more. Um, and so that's rough. That's tough. Um, so anyway, totally on a, went on a tangent, which is exactly what's going to happen on this podcast, by the way, just so you know, that was a riff. <laughs> I just totally like just went out, out, out in the left field there. Um, where was I? We were talking about jobs and yes. Uh, so yeah, 19, I'm serving tables. I'm in college. I mean, I'm living in Awatuki in a two story townhouse with two, two roommates. It was awesome. Uh, I went to school for 3d animation. I was learning Maya. I, I wanted to work in movies and do like digital effects and stuff. Right. Um, I also, this is when I started playing video games really hard. Uh, I got my first PC when I was a senior in high school. My dad, my dad said, Hey, I said, I said, Hey dad, I want, I want a car, right? This is a car for sale and I, and I'm, I'm, I want it. And he said, but you also want a computer. I said, that's true. I, I also want a computer. He goes, well, you only get one. I, you know, that's basically $2,000, just round, round around. It's about $2,000. So either I'll give you the money for the car or I'll give you money for the computer. And let me tell you, looking back, oh my God, where would my life be if I would have chosen the car? Now, granted, I was driving a piece of shit, uh, green bomber, as we called it, Chevy pickup. And oh, the stories I can uh, the stories I will tell you about that truck. It's oh, I've got stories for days. Uh, I drove that, and then I also drove um, my dad's like '68 Plymouth Roadrunner, which is an awesome car, but at the time did not look that awesome. Um, so I, I've always, I always, I grew up just driving beaters, nothing new, nothing exciting. I owned a couple of cars myself that were like $500 a piece. I had a Chevy Corsica at one point, and then I had an RX, uh, Mazda RX-7. Oh my God, it was the biggest piece of shit. Uh, but it was mine. I owned it, you know, so yay. Uh, it wasn't until I was in college, uh, living on my own, that I bought my first like used car that I actually had payments on. It was a 1990-something uh, Pontiac Firebird. It was all red, which I did not care for, but... Oh, it was a great car. Loved it. Um, I I don't know where I was going with that car. Why was I talking about cars? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, computers versus cars. Got it. So I chose the computer. I was like, you know, 
I'm really into computers. I do enjoy video games. I, I would stay the night at my friends' houses just, well, not just to play video games, but I would stay up late playing video games while they were in sleep. Command and Conquer was the jam back then. Uh, Doom, Wolfenstein, that sort of thing. Uh, so yeah, my dad bought me a computer. Or bought us. It was a, it was a family computer. It was totally a family computer, but I used it the most. Uh, senior year, and uh, I, my most memorable summer to this day, I know it sounds lame, trust me, I've got a lot of summers, but to this day, this is, this is one of my fondest memories. I graduate high school. And for six weeks before I started college, because I started college right away, my school, the, the college I went to was year round. So you got done faster. Um, but six weeks, I would, I would go to work at 4 p.m. I would get off of work around 10 p.m. I'd go hang out with Tiffany till about 11 p.m. or midnight. And then I'd come home and I would stay up all night playing video games. And at the time, the video game of choice was StarCraft. And I would be up all night. Uh, from midnight to say about 2 a.m., I'd take a break. I'd go to Waffle House. I'd get some uh, some hash browns, scattered, smothered, covered, diced, and peppered. Maybe some over hard eggs every once in a while. Maybe some uh, maybe maybe a patty melt. I'd come back. I'd play some more StarCraft. When my dad's alarm would go off at 4 or 5 a.m., that was my cue to go to bed. Oh, it's been all night. Time to go to bed. Also, didn't want to explain to my dad that I was up all night playing video games like a loser. Uh, so I'd go to bed. And I'd sleep in till about maybe a noon, right? 11 o'clock noon, get up, eat some food, shower, kind of maybe watch a show, watch the news, whatever. And then I'd go to work at four o'clock again. And that was my, that was my six weeks. And it was the most fun I've ever had, not ever had, but the most fun. I, that's just like very memorable summer. Like, this is awesome. This is what it feels like to be out of high school. Right. But it was short lived. Cause then I started college and, you know, back to a normal schedule and all that stuff. But I fell in love with a game called Counter-Strike. It was a first-person shooter on the PC. You played online only. It was multiplayer. Absolutely loved it. Uh, people at school played it. And from there, because it was a you know a, a tech school, video games, video game creation, all that stuff, there was a bunch of nerds and geeks. And I fit right in. I was I was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm not as nerdy as some of these guys, but I'm I'm nerdy. I've got some nerd nerd cred, you know. Um, but that's where I fell in love with video games. And so uh, my sophomore year, when I decided to move out, uh, and move in with some roommates, the two guys I moved in with were, uh, a lot nerdier than me and way more into video games than I was, right? I was very limited in what video games I played. These guys played video games like all over the place. And I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about, what you're doing, but okay. Um, but man, I'll tell you what, that, that, that summer into the fall when I lived with those guys were some of the best times ever. Like people have these stories of going to college and having dorms and sororities and uh, frats, you know, all that stuff. It's like, we didn't have any of that shit. You know, uh, we live, we were in a private school that didn't have dorms and it was very hyper-focused on like computer tech, you know, that sort of thing. So, you know, we had land parties. We had, we had parties where people would bring their entire computers over. And I'm talking like the fat CRT monitors that were like, giant TVs, right? Heavy, bulky. And we'd set everyone's computers up and plug them all into a hub and a switch. And bam, we'd have these, these awesome video game parties, right? Till wee hours of the night. And we'd, uh, you know, we'd order pizza and maybe have a couple of beers. Um, I wasn't old enough to, you know, technically buy them, but somebody was, somebody would bring beer over or whatever. And that sort of thing. But man, those are some of the best nights, just staying up late, playing video games, talking trash to the guy, you know, across the room from you. You know, that's the best. That's And you got to remember too, this is before PlayStation and Xbox had online play. There was no online play. So when you play PlayStation, 
uh, two, I believe PlayStation two was out around the time, you know, you couldn't play online. It was just, that was it. Uh, computer games were the only way you could play online. And, um, now, you know, we play games like counter-strike and day of defeat and tribes Two and medal of honor and all that kind of thing. It was great. It was awesome. Um, I was still with Tiffany. Obviously she was a senior in high school at this time. So she'd come hang out on the weekends and, um, you know, we had some good times. And then at some point I decided that it was time for us to move in with each other. Um, things were getting serious. She was graduating high school. So I moved out of my roommates and moved in with Tiffany. We had a little, um, little apartment with another couple, some friends of ours that we were good friends with, that we worked with. So they had one side of the apartment. We had the other side of the apartment and we lived in that place for about six months. And that was kind of the, the test, right? That's, I always recommend people that have been in long-term relationships and they've been with each other for you know many years. The ultimate test is to move in with each other. Get yourself a six-month lease, live with each other for six months and see if you can tolerate each other. Because you think you can spend every waking minute with somebody, but until you actually live with a person and you see every little habit and mannerism and how they really are, 24 seven, you really don't know the person you think you do, but you don't until you move in with them. Because I'll tell you right now, my best friends in college, at least one of them two. Yeah. Well, some of my best friends, some of my best friends I moved in with. And by the end of my lease, I could not stand being around those guys at that point in time, because you learn all these little things about them, like how lazy they are or how they have a low tolerance or a high tolerance for filth and, and dirty stuff. And you just learn things. You learn things about people and you're like, wow, I never knew that. I would never have guessed that, right? You just learn these things. And, and I'm not saying I'm perfect either. I'm sure there were things that bugged me about them or the things that, that bugged them about me. Like, for example, I would, I, I don't, I don't get hot. Uh, I get cold. You know, I'm, I'm a thin dude. There's not that many layers to, 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 you know, so Come the summertime, they would crank the AC down. I'm shivering. I'm literally shivering in the middle of summer in Arizona, 115 degrees outside, and it's like 60 something degrees inside. I am shivering, and I'm like, A, I'm cold. B, you guys are wasting electricity. You know how how expensive it is to to cool off this giant townhouse in the middle of summer. You know, so we would fight over the AC. Now I'd get savvy enough, and I'd actually go and turn the breaker off on the AC unit. So the fan would run, but it wasn't actually cooling the house off until somebody finally figured that out. And then that was short lived. But anyway, my point is move in with the person that you love and you think you want to marry and live the rest of your life with to test the waters because you'll learn a lot from people. Um, same thing goes for the other couple that we moved in with, right? Good couple, good friends. We love hanging out with them. We move in with them. And then, like I said, you learn things. You're like, oh, think we're better off not living with each other. I like you. I like hanging out with you, but I don't want to live with you. You know, that kind of thing happened. Um, and you know, still friends with those people today. So it's not like the relationship was, was ruined, but just saying you learn a lot. Um, so yeah, Tiff and I moved in, lived with each other for about six months, realized that, uh, yeah, this is good. We're, we're good. Let's, let's do the next thing and buy a house. Um, I proposed to her in this apartment. It was totally lame. I'll get into the proposal story. We'll talk about that when Tiffany's here. Cause I really, <laughs> I love talking about this stuff with her because she doesn't remember half the stuff that I remember. I know I remember like little intricate details and she doesn't. So it's always a funny story. But anyway, I proposed to her in that, that apartment. Um, so now we're engaged. Uh, we move in with her parents. We start saving money and we start looking at houses and we decide to build a house out in uh, surprise, surprise. Um, actually El Mirage, technically we were in El Mirage, but I say surprise because surprise is a much bigger city, much better city. Um, but we technically lived in El Mirage. So Building a house. Um, I'm in my senior year of college. 
last couple semesters, we're planning a wedding. We move into the house in June of 20 or 20, uh, 2003. September 2003, we get married. So we move into the house. We have a house. We're homeowners. We have a dog. I bought her a dog for her birthday. Um, all white Siberian Husky with blue eyes named Azul, which is Spanish for uh, blue. So that was our dog. And he was a nightmare. Um, but he was a puppy and he was, he looked awesome. He was that dog that I was like proud. I'm like, yeah, that's my dog. What's up? Um, so we would get married and, uh, I'm entering my last semester of college. And so, you know, I, I tell Tiffany, Hey, so we've got the house. We've got married. I'm getting ready to graduate college. What do you think about babies? And we had talked about babies and being parents back in high school. And one of the reasons why I knew this was the girl that I wanted to marry was we both had the same values, both had the same thing in mind that we wanted to be parents earlier, sooner than later, right? Because our parents had been parents early. Um, her parents had her, her oldest sister, I think when they were like 18 or 19. And my parents had me when they were like 21, 22 ish, maybe something like that. Um, so you know, we were, we were looking at our parents as examples going, yeah, yeah. I want to be in my forties when my kids are like graduating high school and you know, that sort of thing. So I mentioned babies and of course her eyes light up like Christmas trees. And she's like, yes, yes, yes. Because that's all she's ever wanted to be was a mom. She had no ambition of going to college or having a career. She just wanted to be a mom. Right. So the moment I, you know, hit the green light, she's like, let's do this. Right. And by do this, I mean, do it all the time. Cause she was really excited. Um, but I'm thinking like, okay, she's been on birth control for like five, six years. Like this is going to take a while, right? Like this is going to be like a six month process. Like, you know what I'm saying guys, this is going to be great. Wrong. One month. Wah, wah, wah. I mean, it was an amazing month. Don't get me wrong. It was an amazing month, but it was only one month. Um, so what ended up happening was my last day of college, my last day of college, uh, I am, I'm done with school and I am saying my goodbyes. I'm, you know, walking around one last time, kind of just seeing who else is around. I get the phone call from Tiffany. Hey, what you doing? Are you done? I said, yeah, I'm just, you know, shooting the shit, catching up, saying my goodbyes, blah, 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 making sure there's anything else I want to do or say before I leave. She's like, okay, well, I got a surprise for you, so come home. And at the time, if I remember correctly, she, we were we were painting. We were like painting the house, painting rooms. And I think she had talked about decorating the, the bathroom or painting the bathroom or something like that. So I get home and, and she walks me back to the bathroom. I'm like, oh yeah, she totally did the bathroom. I walk in, I look around, I don't see anything. I'm like, what'd she do? And I look down at the counter and bam, there's a pregnancy test, positive. We're having a baby. Holy shit. Happy moment, right? Yay. So that's that's the first one there. I honestly cannot remember Bryce, like no, like finding out about Bryce. I don't know why, obviously, because I don't know. First one's a big one. And it was such a monumental, like last day of college kind of thing. So bam, uh, graduate college. Um, and you know, we're doing the like, yay, we're, we're, we're pregnant. We're having a baby. Um, you know, we're newlyweds that summer of, uh, being newlyweds from not, not summer. I guess it was technically it was, um, like winter, I guess, technically, uh, you know, it was great. We were, we were like newlyweds and we were, we were 
t- Tiffany was newly 21. And so, you know, we're doing like the, the bar scene and the happy hour scene. It was great. Uh, it was short lived obviously. Cause then we decided we were having a baby and we get pregnant right away. Um, so, you know, fast forward, uh, a few months, well, I guess a year later, Sierra is born and, um, I decide to get out of the restaurant business. I don't want to work in the restaurant business anymore. Cause as I said before, uh, no future in that, right. You're going to only make the same money you're only making and you're, you know, stuck working nights and weekends and stuff. So, um, I switch it up and I'm, I switch over to home Depot. I'm thinking like, okay, well, this is a company as a corporation. Uh, there's, you know, multiple locations in other States, other countries. Uh, there's a chain of command. Uh, you know, there's, there's, you got your assistant managers, your general managers, regional managers, blah, 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 blah. There's a career here. Plus there's benefits, right? That's another thing. Most restaurants don't offer benefits, right? They just, they don't, there's no, there's no healthcare. There's no, uh, life insurance. There's no, uh, 401k. Most restaurants don't offer that. Uh, so I'm thinking like, this is a play. This is my plan B. I've graduated college. I'm working on some projects, trying to get the video career jump started. Um, so this is my plan B. And so, uh, Sierra is born while I'm working at home Depot and I'm, I'm juggling the, you know, the full-time job at home Depot while also working on some movies and video projects at home whilst also trying to be a dad. Um, also while trying to play video games, <laughs> I was playing a game at the time called Eve online. Uh, it's like, wow, it takes over your life. It, I, it, it, it could have cost my marriage. It was that bad. Um, but I digress which I don't do very often. I should probably digress more often. Um, so an opportunity comes across my desk. Uh, some guys I'm working with on a movie offer me a position at the studio that they work at in Scottsdale saying, Hey, we'll pay you what you make at, uh, at home Depot to come work for us. And I'm like, yes, this is it. This is, this is it. This is what I went to school for. I'm going to get a job at a studio doing video production, making movies, doing stuff in Scottsdale. Hell Yes. I put my two week notice in at Home Depot. I quit my job. I start making the trip to Scottsdale. Now, granted, I'm 22, 23, something like that. And I'm young. I'm out of high school, out of, out of college. I don't know what I'm doing. Right. Um, and that, that quickly shows when I show up to this studio that A, the studio was really not a studio. It was a, a space that people rented out. Um, these three guys that had money were the, were the financial backers. And they had hired a handful of people that all had expertise in certain things, producers, uh, entertainment agent, uh, movie makers, that sort of thing. And then they hired me to be their video, their cameraman and editor. And very quickly, I realized that this was not a professional setup. This wasn't a, this was kind of like a, um, almost like a startup, right? Like a bootstrapped startup, but very unorganized, very, you know, whatever. Uh, it was a moment in my, my life that I look back on. I learned some things. It was fun. I had some good times. But I, that was the first time I realized that I was not very good at being my own boss and being on task with someone else not kind of holding me accountable. Um, but when the, the studio went under, uh, after two months of being there and them owing me about a month's worth of salary, which was I never got, um, I, I, did, I did end up keeping a computer that I worked on. And I kind of the idea was hold it as collateral. Like, hey, you want this computer back? Pay me my money. You owe me. Uh, and the guy actually, one of the guys had the balls to say, I'm going to take you to claims court. Cause that's my property. I'm like, you owe me money, bitch. Pay me my money. Like, but of course I didn't, there was no legal, there was no contracts. There was nothing. So the, I didn't have a leg to stand on, but I had their property. Thankfully the guy comes back a couple weeks later and goes, Oh, it's been a good month. Go and keep the computer. I'm like, thanks, bud. I'll pay my mortgage with this computer. No problem. Um, but 
when the studio went under, uh, a couple of the guys that I worked with, the guys that brought me on, the, my friends, the they came up with an idea to continue working on the movies and continue pursuing this dream that we had of being movie makers. Um, all that we had to do was come up a way to keep me supported, so to speak. They had their ways of, of you know, funding themselves. They lived a very minimalistic life, very low income. Um, but I had a mortgage and, a, and two car payments and a kid and, you know, a wife and this lifestyle that I had started to create for myself. And so what we decided to do was take a second mortgage out on our home um, and live off of that while we work on these movies and invest in it and, you know, that sort of thing. But again, I realized very quickly that I suck at being my own boss and I was trying to keep this in a nine to five type of box, right? Like Monday through Friday, nine to five, I work with these guys and then I go home and that's it. And these guys lived a much different lifestyle. They learned, they, they lived the lifestyle of work a couple hours in the morning, go watch a movie in the afternoon, work a couple hours in the evening, watch a ball game in the, in, in, in the late night, right? Like they just kind of worked throughout the day whenever, right? And they'd, they'd call me up and say, Hey, we got this job over here. You know, we're going to go film this thing. I filmed so many projects for these guys, never got paid for them and, and nothing ever came of them either. Like it was kind of one of those things where you're doing a favor for somebody and you're hoping that the favor pays, comes back. Um, but they never did. You know, it, it, it was, it was fine. Like, again, I'm not, I'm not mad about it. I'm not bitter about it. Just, I'm just telling the story. Okay. Just telling the story. Um, but to this day, I love those guys. They, they ended up moving to Texas and doing some amazing things in Texas or still doing amazing things in Texas. Um, really happy for them. Uh, we don't talk much, but I still keep up with them like on Instagram and stuff like that. And, you know, they're still doing their thing. They're, they're still doing their thing. They're making movies. They're, I think they are part owners on a bar or at least they work, they work really hardcore on this bar and, um, they're doing, they're doing good things and they're still just doing their thing. They're hustling. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be, I'm proud to know the guys. I'm proud to know, to be a part of the history with them. Um, and that they're a part of my history, right? Cause the, what comes next is where we, how we get to where we are now. Right. So fast forward a year, I'm out of money. We've made a couple of movies, worked on a couple of movies, worked on some projects. Um, I'm out of money. They're out of money. They have an opportunity in Texas that they take and they want me to come with them. And of course I laugh cause I'm like, <laughs> I have a house that I, I own and I have a wife and a kid that we're all born and raised here. Like they're from Texas. So going back to Texas is no big deal to them. I'm born and raised here. And of course the wife's like, hell no. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to go either. So we part our ways and I'm freaking out cause I need to find a job like ASAP. And my buddy had just got a job at Cox communications. He was telling me all the great things about it and this and that. And so I'm like, yes, let's do that. I'm going to, I'm going to go do that. So I apply for a field, um, technician job, right? The guys that drive around the truck, come to your house, fix your stuff. Uh, two weeks go by, I get the no, sorry, you're not a good fit. So I immediately scramble back to the website. I reapply for like four jobs. Um, and what took me two weeks to get a no in two days, I got a yes for tech support. I got hired to do tech support for Cox. And so, um, I had a really shitty schedule and I was making $12 an hour, uh, which was less than I was making at home Depot and less than I was paying myself when I took that second mortgage out. So that year, that first year at Cox communications and tech support, I did not make enough money for us to live off of. And, and Tiffany worked, she was a server at, at the restaurant still. Um, Though, by the way, I don't know if I said that she got a job at the restaurant that we met at different location, working with my mom, 
She was there for 15 years. Again, we'll talk about that when we talk to Tiffany, but she, she was a server at the time. So she was making money, but I was the breadwinner. I was the one that produced the most income. And so for one year, we had to put one or two bills on a credit card every month. Our credit card bill continued to rise because we couldn't pay it off. We could not add any money to it. We just made the minimum payment trying to get by in that first year because I couldn't get a promotion. I couldn't move out of tech support for a year. So I had to do my time. This is what I was talking about before. Like, yeah, you're making good money as that bartender, but then all of a sudden you got it. You're like, I'm going to go work for this company because I, I want to do this thing. You got to, you know, what, what's the term? You got to eat crow. You got to um, eat shit. I don't know. What's the, what, what's the term? I don't forget the term, but basically you, you got to pay your dues, right? You got you to gotta do your time, work your way up, start at the bottom. And so that's where I was. Tech support's like entry level position. Um, but after one year, I started doing some side projects for some high up uh, individuals in the company. And it paid off because I was introduced to a fantastic woman um, who had a job opening and liked liked me, thought I was a good fit for the team, uh, saw that I did good work and offered me that position. And guys, let me tell you, my income doubled. My salary doubled. Not only did it double, but I also got a nine to five or eight to five, eight to five Monday through Friday position. It was the greatest thing ever. I was like, hallelujah, it paid off, right? And so we were finally able to breathe, pay off some debt. I was paying off my student loans at the time. And uh, I was, I was, we, we, you know, I was happy. It was, it was great. Um, at the same time this is going on, I find video blogs and I find YouTube and, and other websites like Blip TV and Vidler and Vimeo and all these social media sites, Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, right? All these things are starting to pop up the social web of sharing your life and sharing your stories and, you know, tweeting that you're eating pizza or pooping, you know? Um, and again, going back to the start of the podcast, I'm a bit of an attention whore at the time. And so I'm like, this is awesome. I can say something and, and, and hundreds of people see it. This is amazing. Um, and at the time I had a blog, I had a blog, I was writing blog posts and I was sharing my stories about making movies and, and whatnot. And, then it started turning into just like things that I was doing. Like, oh, I went dirt bike riding this this you know, this weekend. Here's a video clip of it, right? Because I was still in a video, still real big in a video. I loved it. I was working on little projects here and there. Um, but when I found these video sites, I was like, you mean I can post a video on this website and get more views than if it was on my blog? This is amazing. And comments and stars. Who remembers stars back on YouTube? There were no thumbs up, thumbs down. It was stars. Rate it five stars, guys. So my blogs turned into video blogs. And if you go back to the YouTube channel years and years ago, 2006, 2007, early videos were literally me sitting in front of a camera for three to five minutes talking about a UFC fight that I watched or me and Sierra at the mall and just talking about what we just did for the last, you know, two hours. That's, that was the original video blog. That is what a video blog was. And I did that for a few years, just posting random videos. I got a little creative here and there, you know, saw some things I liked and tried to mimic them or make my own versions of them and whatnot. But I'm not a really creative guy, which is why video blogging was easy for me because it's just this, it's just me talking, right? And it became therapy too. There was days where I wanted to bitch and complain and rant about something and I would do it. And I would do it three or four times trying to make the video better and better and better in one take. And then by the time I got to the fourth or fifth take, I wasn't angry anymore. I wasn't upset anymore. I didn't want to talk about it anymore. I talked about it four or five times, right? And then a lot of times those videos didn't even get posted because I was like, well, 
I feel much better now. I don't even want to post it, you know? Um, and then, and then something happened around 2008, 2009. I don't even know the exact year. This is bad. I should know this, but I don't. Um, I found these two guys. They both had their own channels. Um, I had heard of them before because they didn't like comedy stuff and spoofs and skits and that sort of thing. But Charles Trippy and Shay Carl started doing these things called daily life vlogs. And basically these guys would record a video each and every day about whatever they did that day. Now, Charles um, was uh, had a girlfriend. It was just the two of them. And Shay had uh, a wife and three kids. And so I saw two different aspects, right? One is like kind of like the, you know, not single guy because obviously he had a girlfriend, but you know, like that young couple life, right? Kind of free to do what you want when you want and the family life. And I was watching these guys and I'm like, I can do this. If, if people want to see this, I can do this. Like I have two kids, right? Like I can, I can, I can vlog like Charles Trippy, but give content like Shay Carl's kind of my thought process. Right. And so my vlogs were kind of like a hybrid between the two. And, uh, and so I decided, um, to, to take a stab at this daily vlog thing, right. Give myself 30 days. And, um, I waited till I forget when I, why I wait, I wanted to wait till like the first of the month. And I messed that up because I, the first day I recorded was the 31st of March and posted on April 1st, which I should have technically done is April 1st, but whatever. Um, so yeah, I started doing the daily vlogs. I started recording, you know, anytime we would leave the house, anytime that we went to someone's house somewhere, I would pull the camera out and vlog. And of course, what do you think everyone was saying? Everyone was thinking like, what a dork, what a, what a, what a nerd, what, what are you doing? Why are you talking to a camera? What, what are you doing? I don't want to. And it was a joke, right? Even Tiffany was like, what are you doing? Don't, don't I, Tiffany never, if you go back to the early vlogs, Tiffany was never on camera ever, 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 ever. She did not want to be on camera. She did not want to be filmed. She felt stupid. She thought it was stupid. And that was it. Right. Uh, Jack from the Bevo's every time I put the camera towards him, he'd flip me off. He'd flip me off, make a, make a, like a noise, you know, he'd say something stupid or do something stupid knowing that I wouldn't use it. So like the first year of the daily vlogs, if you go back and watch, it's mostly just me and the kids, right? You know, maybe a few like B-roll, like far away shots of like the crowd or what we're doing. But the early days, the early years were just me and the kids. And then all of a sudden something happened. I started making money. And when I started sharing that, hey, I just got my first $100 check. Now, the granted, the first $100 check took like four years, five years to make, right? Because back then the views were so low and ad revenue was so low. Like they're just, you didn't make any money back then. Right. But it took like, I don't know, four or five years to get my first hundred dollar check. And then it took six months to get the next hundred dollar check. And then it took three months. And then I got a hundred dollars in one month. And then all of a sudden I started making more than a hundred dollars. And, and I'm telling Tiffany, I'm like, wow, I made $250 this month. And she's like, what, how I'm like on YouTube, what? And then she started paying attention. Right. And then when it turned into $1,000 and Tiffany started telling people like, oh my God, Clint's making money on YouTube. Everyone's like, what, what? Ears perk up, eyes perk What are you talking about making money on YouTube? And then they started watching the videos. Like, this is dumb. People are watching this. Why are they watching this? I'm like, it's dumb to you because you know me. It's dumb to you because you don't like reality TV. You don't care, right? But people do. 
people there people like there's something out there for everyone right i tell people all the time when they when they ask me for advice on youtube like there's an audience for everything they just have to find it they have to find you now some audiences are bigger obviously there's some things that are more popular than others but there's always an audience for everything so fast forward a couple more years i'm you know i'm making a few thousand dollars a month on youtube and things are going well. We're paying off debt. We're going on special trips. You know, we're having fun. YouTube's getting bigger and bigger. My channel's growing like crazy. And all the while, I'm still working at Cox. I've switched positions. I've moved up the ladder. I'm making really good money. I'm I'm a supervisor for a team that I absolutely loved. I loved my team. I loved my 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 leadership. I loved everything about my job. I really did. This was this was like the 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 job that I was like, this is where I'm going to be for a couple of years, and I'm going to continue moving up the ladder. I'm going to I'm going to apply for a manager position. I'll be in a manager job for a couple of years, you know, making six figures, and I'll just keep moving up the ladder, right? Because at the time, YouTube was just a fun thing. You didn't do YouTube for money back then, and we were we're guys. We are going to have some YouTube conversations. Uh, don't 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 you worry. I'm going to answer all. I'm going to tell you all the little dirty secrets. I'm going to tell you all about the the stuff behind the curtain. I'll tell you all the highs and lows of YouTube, right? There will be specific episodes on the podcast just for YouTube. But when I started YouTube, there was no money. You didn't, there was no ad revenue. You didn't do it for money. You did it for fun. You did it for the, the social aspect. You did it for the, you know, the attention, whatever. Nowadays, kids want to do it because they want to be famous. They want to be rich, right? They think that all YouTubers are rich. Let me, let me, let me like a little secret. Not all YouTubers are rich. Okay. Just so you know, um, most of that stuff is fake. Most of that, most of that stuff is for show right? They rent a card, put in a video, they borrow something to put in a video. They waste money that you don't even know they have for the video. But anyway, uh, so yeah, so I'm having a good time at Cox. I'm enjoying Cox, but YouTube is growing like crazy and I'm putting more and more time into it. And then the next thing I know, my YouTube checks are more than my Cox checks. And this is when I start to question where to put my time. If I continue putting time into YouTube, I can make more money faster than I am at my job. And so Tiff and I have a long discussion about it. I talked to her dad. She's scared because we did this once already, right? I quit my job at Home Depot, took a risk and it failed. And we were in debt for many, many, many years. And I said, yeah, but this is, you know, that was, that was 23 year old me. And this is 33 year old me. And I said, I'm, I'm a lot older. I'm a lot more mature. I have a lot more confidence in this. I know what I'm doing right? The trajectory and the, the, the analytics and the statistics say that this is where we're going to be in three years, four years, five years, right? So we took a leap of faith. We, we put two months worth of bills into the bank. So we had money in the bank and I gave my job a six week notice to find a replacement for me. And, uh, December of 2014, I quit my job and I went full-time YouTuber and it was amazing. I, I, I took the two weeks off that the kids were out of school. So for two solid weeks, it was just me and the family around the holidays. Kids went back to school and that was the first day that I went back, you know, to, went, went to work for myself. And uh, I created an LLC and started like my own business around the YouTube channel and started doing more sponsorships and stuff like that. And that summer we hit a hundred thousand subscribers. I bought a dirt bike to celebrate it and shit was just going awesome. What took me six years to get a hundred thousand subscribers. I got my second hundred thousand in like a month or two, two months. Let's just say two months. 
It was insane. I'm like, this is it, man. This is this is what the being a YouTuber is all about. The channel is growing like crazy. Things are going awesome, and it just kept rolling. Right, traveling, going to conferences, doing sponsorships. It was just the best couple of years. Right, uh, 2016 was the best year ever. Um, I made a lot of money that year, and I traveled a lot and did a lot of amazing things. Um, and I'm very grateful. I'm grateful for YouTube. I'm grateful for my audience and my fans and um, my community, right? The Clintus clan that somebody dubbed you guys years and years and years ago. Um, I'm very grateful. Uh, some of the best opportunities in my life, my best memories in life have come because of YouTube. Obviously, that was the end. 2016 was my peak. And since then, the channel has declined. But not just my channel, a lot of channels. A lot of YouTubers have lost their uh, rise. They've lost the the climb, right? The platform has changed. Things have changed. The audience has changed. And again, we'll talk about YouTube in depth in future episodes. Um, back to my story, though. Uh, we decided after the most amazing year to buy a new house. We've been in our house for 14 years. We've outgrown it. Uh, you know, we we thankfully had come around and got out of the hole, uh, equity have gone back up. We were going to make some money on the house. So we decided to sell our house and buy a new house. And I wanted to give Tiffany her dream house. I wanted to give Tiffany everything that she wanted. Um, and we came pretty damn close with the house that we live in now. Um, I would say the only thing, the two things that we aren't in love with is a, it's a two story. We definitely did not want a two story. And two, it's not necessarily in the area that we wanted to move to. We wanted to move to Peoria up by like Lake Pleasant. In that area, that's where we were looking for months. Um, Tiffany ended up finding this house, fell in love with it, and you know it hit all the right cylinders. It had all the things that we wanted in the house, and then some. Right, we were looking for an RV gate to put our trailer in our backyard. Well, we got an RV garage. Um, you know, we wanted a pool and an awesome patio. We got like the most insane backyard, right, with the basketball hoop and the the grass and the the barbecue pit and the giant patio and pool, and it was just. It's like you know, it's it's a it's a dream house, right? It's it's a dream house. Um, everything is upgraded. It's huge. You have more room than we know what to do with. It's just like amazing. And I'm very, very fortunate, very grateful. And I, every time I wake up and I look at it, I'm, I'm in shock that I own it, that it's my house. Um, so that brings us to today. What I'm, what I'm doing today. Um, obviously still daily vlogging. Um, 2018 was, a, was a very strange year. I took a, a leap of faith. Again, I tried something new. I shook it up. I stopped daily vlogging and we started doing like challenges and I'd make a very hyper-focused video about like just basketball or just volleyball or uh, someone's birthday party, right? Like that was it. It wasn't all the day. This is what we did in the morning, noon and night. Um, and the change was good at first. People seemed to enjoy it. Views kind of went up, subs went up. Things seemed, things seemed to be going well, um, but it was short-lived. Um, it numbers can numbers went back to where they were and it didn't really matter. And I was less happy because I don't want to do challenges. I don't think of pranks. I don't, my, my brain doesn't work that way. I don't look forward to making videos. What I do enjoy is talking and sharing and having conversations. That is what I enjoy doing. That is why I started doing my vlogs years ago. And I realized when I took a break from it that that's what I missed. That's what I wanted to do. And so after about two months, I decided to say, just go back to daily vlogging. It is what it is. 
Um, you know, like I said, audience has changed, the platform has changed and the way that uh, basically the way that YouTube videos are served to the audience now has changed. And that is why the subscriber count no longer matters as much as it used to. So you look at my channel and you say, wow, 720,000 subscribers. Why are you not getting more views? Well, it's because people don't go to their sub box. And, and, and see, I love talking about YouTube. I really do. We're going to talk about YouTube. I'm going to, I could go on a rant and, and, and riff about YouTube forever all the time, but I'm going to stop there because I'm going to go off on a tangent. But anyway, my point is things have changed and I have changed um, because about four years ago, uh, YouTube came up with YouTube gaming and they put a lot of emphasis on live streaming video games, right? They wanted to compete with Twitch and give a, give a product similar to Twitch. Um, and I was like, I have 40,000 subscribers on my gaming channel. I'm going to stream on my gaming channel. I'm going to jump into YouTube gaming and embrace it and, uh, run with it. And, um, I did YouTube gaming while the kids were at school for about two years, about 20, 21 months or so. And, uh, I really enjoyed it. I absolutely fell in love with live streaming. I, I love video games. Video games have always been a hobby of mine, always been a passion of mine. We're going to talk about video games in future episodes because um, I love video games. Like I'm very passionate about specific games. Um, and so the fact that I could play video games, do it live, share it, it was like the best of both worlds. It was my favorite thing to do. It became my favorite thing to do. It Every other hobby or fun thing that I enjoy doing took a back seat to live streaming while playing video games. Um, however, I wasn't happy with where YouTube was going with live streaming. I wasn't happy with where the platform was after almost two years. I felt like they were slow. And really, at the end of the day, I felt like it wasn't live streaming wasn't a priority to them. Um, Twitch, at the same time, were dropping new features every month, sometimes two or three a month. And just blown it out of the water, it felt like. It just I kept seeing these announcements. I kept seeing my friends that were over on Twitch having these these successes and wins. And I I decided that um, maybe I should move platforms. And so um, I started talking to Twitch, started figuring out what I could and couldn't do uh, on the platform, and decided to once again take a leap, take a risk, and jump platforms. And I moved from YouTube gaming to Twitch. Um, in May of 2017, and uh, it has been the most amazing transition and the most amazing um, time over there. Um, unfortunately, you know the way YouTube works; a lot of the views are inflated based on like recommendations and algorithms and and stuff like that. So, what felt like I had a lot more viewers, come to find out, I had a lot less community members because when I moved to Twitch, you know, my viewership kind of dropped in half. And not everyone came over and followed, right? I had over 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. But when I moved to Twitch, um, I think maybe I picked up 1,000 followers on the first day and maybe 3,000 followers within the first couple of weeks. And so I basically had to start over. I basically was hitting the reset button over on Twitch. However, I didn't start from scratch. I didn't start from zero. Obviously, I came over and my viewership was higher than someone else that had just started on Twitch. My follower count was already higher. And I had already made a bunch of relationships with streamers on Twitch, as well as game developers that only talked about Twitch. Um, this was actually the, one of the moments where I realized that 
YouTube gaming wasn't being taken seriously, both uh, both from YouTube, but also from the community, because I would talk to developers and say, oh yeah, I stream on YouTube. And they're like, oh, well, we only do things on Twitch. In fact, while I was still streaming on YouTube gaming, I had done a few things on Twitch because that was the deal. We'll give you this sponsorship or this brand deal, but you have to stream on Twitch. We will feature you on this game website, but you have to stream on Twitch. And that's when I started realizing, okay, Twitch is where I need to be. Um, and so, yeah, that's where we're at today. I live stream on Twitch uh, almost every day, Monday through Friday for sure. And I um, do that while the kids are in school. And then I do it again at night when the kids are kind of doing their own thing and going to bed. Um, I try to minimize the impact that my live streams have on the family. Family time is very important to me. When the kids get home from school, I'm you know, devoted to them. There's sports. We eat dinner at the dinner table. If you watch the vlogs, you see what we do. You see our life. We don't hide very much. Um, we're very trans. I've, I am very transparent. Always have been. And so we dinner at the dinner table almost every night. The kids go to sports almost every night. Um, Tiffany is a stay-at-home mom because that was her dream job. I've given her her dream job. Uh, you guys, where however you're listening, you, you because of YouTube or because of Twitch or because of something, you allow Tiffany to have her dream job while I have mine. And so I thank you for that because she is being that mom that takes the kids to sports and makes dinner and shops and cleans. And, you know, she's happy and I'm happy and our kids are happy. Um, it's always funny when people say, you know, get a real job or why don't you go spend time with your family instead of sitting here playing video games all day. And it's like uh, that, that kid, I'm going to call him a kid, but they're, they're, I guess they're, they can technically be an adult, but they're, they're ignorant. They, they don't understand that this is my job and this is how I pay my bills and that I'm lucky and I'm fortunate to be able to do this, right? Imagine your dream job, whatever it is, professional basketball player, professional artist, professional singer, professional, you know, filmmaker, an actor, right? It's 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 funny because we don't think of those jobs as just playing basketball or just playing baseball. We're like, no, he's a he's an athlete. He's he's a professional athlete. He's an entertainer. He's, you know, like he's talented. He's singing. But at the end of the day, you boil it down, all those professions, it's entertainment, right? We watch these people do what they do because it brings us joy. It brings us happiness. And in some ways, that is what I do. Yes, I'm sitting here playing video games for eight to 10 hours a day, but that's not the real reason I do what I do. And it's not why people watch me. <laughs> If you watch me play, you realize very quickly that I'm not really good at video games. I'm, I'm average at best, right? I have my moments. I have my moments. And there's some video games I'm better at than others. And there's some games I'm horrible at, uh, aka Fortnite, uh, which is why I don't play it. Please stop asking. Uh, yeah, I, I people come to hang out and to interact and find uh, a fun place, a, a safe place, right? Everyone's got their own issues. Everyone's got their own problems. Some people don't have friends. Some people don't feel comfortable out in public. Some people don't feel comfortable at parties. They feel safe in, at home. They feel safe behind their laptop or their tablet or their phone, but they can still interact and they can still have friends and make friends and build relationships. And there are, there are tons of people who have made friendships in my chat room that play video games now that 
have met up for beers and dinners and lunches and and have met at conferences from my chat room. Believe you when I believe me when I say that what I do is so more so much more than just playing video games. And I hope that you give me a moment to show you that. Um, coming over to twitch.tv slash Clintus uh, and watch watch a live broadcast. You can even watch a VOD, a recording of a stream, and actually see chat. You can actually see chat, what chat looked like when the video was live. That's a beautiful thing there. So you can actually experience what we do um, and I hope you do at some point. So there you go, guys. That is my life story, so to speak. Obviously, I, I, I missed, we skipped a lot of details. I jumped a lot. I moved around a lot. But that's the beauty of the podcast is that now we can break it all down and go really deep, deep about certain topics and certain things. Um, so thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Hopefully it wasn't too boring. Um, the idea is that this is something that regardless of what people think, I'm going to be more open and more real here. Um, people like to call people like to think that I'm fake because they'll come to my live streams and, Oh, you cuss on stream on live on your on, on stream. I don't, you never cuss on YouTube or wow. You're kind of a jerk. Like you're, you, you, you kind of, you know, whatever you're mean to that guy. And it's like, there's a difference between YouTube and a recording video and a live stream. Um, the biggest difference is that when you go, when you record a YouTube video, you're pushing a button. So you're consciously pushing a button and there's a start and there's a stop. So it's very easy to not swear. It's very easy to choose your words carefully. If you make a mistake, stop and start over again. But when you're live, there's no, there's no edit button. There's no start and stop. You go live and it's live. It's you're having a conversation, quote unquote, face to face. And when I'm playing video games specifically, um, you know, I react, right? Oh shit, that just happened. Oh my God, what the fuck? You know, like that happens. So yes, you're going to see me in a more pure, unedited state. It's not fake. The YouTube is not fake. I don't fake anything. I don't, it, if you've been watching any amount of my videos, you quickly realize that what you see is very real. There's no fake. There's no scripting. There's no made up stuff, which is also why sometimes the videos can be boring. The videos are entertaining. The videos are short because that's it. That's what we did today, right? It's real life. And so definitely not fake. The, the best way to put it is it's edited, right? It's, I, I, I edit, I edit what I say because it's, I can, it's, that's what the beauty of YouTube. Plus YouTube is definitely more of a younger demographic. There's more kids on YouTube. There's more kids watching YouTube videos than there are on Twitch. So keep it family friendly, right? Um, that's how we get our sponsorships and our brand deals. They want clean family friendly videos. So it's very easy to keep it, keep it clean. Twitch, I don't have to worry about it as much, right? We, we like to say it's PG 13, PG 14. It can sometimes get R rated, but for the most part, we keep it PG 13. Um, this podcast is definitely going to be R rated. Certain episodes will be marked as mature. If the topic and the conversation goes that direction, and as the bumper in the beginning of the stream of the, the podcast said, um, you know, you're going to hear me say words and things that you're not used to me saying. And if that bothers you, then, you know, then maybe this podcast isn't for you and that's okay. That's okay. I say, I say it all the time that, um, not everything is for everyone, right? Not everyone likes sports. Not everyone likes sushi. Not everyone likes the color green. 
you know? And so it's okay if you don't like this podcast. It's okay if you don't listen to it. It's okay if you don't like my live streams. It's okay if you don't like my YouTube videos, right? Whatever it is you like, whatever the reason is that you are following me wherever you follow me, there's, you know, take it, take, take the part of me that you like. And that's, that's a dirty joke there somewhere. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, I guess this is the part where I'm supposed to say to hit the subscribe button. If you haven't already, uh, leave a review question mark. Maybe you should wait. Maybe you should wait till a couple more episodes before you leave a rate or uh, leave a review. I think you, I think you can only leave a review once. So maybe you should wait for the couple episodes. Um, yeah. Anchor.fm, anchor.fm slash Clintus is the home for this podcast, but you can subscribe in any podcast platform that you listen to Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, it should be there. Just do a search for Clintus or the full name riffing with Clintus. That's two F's by the way. And, um, thank you so much. I really do appreciate you guys and, uh, future episodes look forward to, uh, Tiffany. Sierra, Bryce, all separate. And then also together, my mom, my dad, my brothers. Um, got some friends that I'd like to, to, to talk to eventually. And uh, next week, next week, week from today, the, the first, I don't know, I don't want to call it an interview. It's not really an interview. It's just, you know, the duo, the first duo, first duo match, the first duo podcast. We got to come up with a name for that. Uh, my good friend, my best friend, my right-hand man, Chuck will be on the podcast. So stay tuned for that. New episodes uh, will be up every Monday. Um, I, I haven't decided on a time yet, but every Monday, a new episode for sure. And then you're, you'll get bonus episodes here and there when I feel like it, because I can record right from my phone, which is awesome. So you'll get bonus episodes here and there. So I love you guys. Have a fantastic day. Thanks for listening. And I will see you next time.